and uh, the Lamb of God. And what chapter or where is Jesus called the Lamb of God? Somebody come on, just hey, you all know. Where's Jesus called the Lamb of God? John 2 or John also? Just joking, just joking, just joking. Right, John chapter 1, right? And so that's where our text is. So thanks, Ari. That's where our text is, John chapter 1. Turn over there. And we just sang that song, I'd Rather Have Jesus. And boy, that's you want to keep that thought. Young people, that thought will keep you out of a lot of trouble, right? When Joseph got tempted over there, right, with Potiphar's wife, right, what did he say? Well, he, basically, he said, I'd rather have Jesus, right? I'd rather have God. And he ran off. Moses, right, when he could have all that stuff in Egypt, he said, I'd rather have Jesus. And so, boy, just remembering that, when the devil comes by to tempt you, the world comes by to tempt your things, just look at it and say, hey, <laughs> keep moving. I'd rather have Jesus. What a good <coughs> thought that is. All right, here's a, here's a quick question before we read. Who would you say are the top five characters of the New Testament, or when you think about the New Testament, if you think of the first five people that are prominent in the New Testament, besides Jesus, of course. I mean, come on, we all know. All right, let's say, somebody, somebody give me a name. Somebody give me, Paul. All right, there's one, right. Peter. John. John the Baptist or John? Uh, or John too or John also? Uh-huh. All right. All right. So four, four, we'll make that 3.5. Right. Who? Mary. Mary. That's right. That's what they, uh, somebody else. We think of a fifth one. James. All right. Okay. Right. So, of course, Peter, I knew he'd be one that's mentioned. All right. And Peter is one always out front. And let me give you some verses that refer to uh, or Peter's mentioned in the Bible. Of course, Matthew 16, 16, right? When the Lord, you know, who do men say that I am? And they gave all these. But then who do you say that I am? And then Peter answered. And Simon Peter answered, said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Right? He gave that good answer. In uh, John 13, 9, right? When uh, Jesus wanted to wash his the, the disciples, and Peter's like, no, no, not me. And then the Lord said, hey, if I don't wash you. And then he made the statement, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head, right? He was... Uh, uh, always saying something, John 13, 37, about uh, w- wanting to follow. He said, can you follow me? And Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not I follow thee? I will lay down my life for thy sake. So he was always making bold statements. And then in Matthew 17, 4, then answered Peter and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. Remember on the, uh, of course, the Mount of Transfiguration and Moses and Elijah showed up too. And Peter made the statement. If thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elias. Hey, thank God for great men, but right, nobody compares to Jesus. Boy, the Father showed up and straightened him out, didn't he? He said, hey, <laughs> this is my beloved son. That's who you need to keep your eyes on. Then, of course, in Acts 2.14 on Pentecost, but Peter standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said to them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. So no doubt. And uh, when you first start out in the New Testament and halfway uh, through Acts, and of course, uh, he wrote a couple of books, Peter was very prominent. But of course, Peter had a little brother, right? 
And so I want to mention him this morning. But let's go ahead and read John chapter 1, beginning in verse 29, where one of those great statements are that Ari just sang about. Uh, John chapter 1, beginning in verse 29, says this, The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him, and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man which preferred before me, for he was before me, and I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I come baptizing with water. And John bare record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him. And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same as he which baptizes with the Holy Ghost. And I saw, I like this verse, and I saw and I bear record that this is the Son of God. Now verse 35. Again the next day after John stood and two of his disciples, and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold, the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following, and saith unto them, What seek ye? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted, Master, where dwellest thou? He saith unto them, Come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt, and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. <laughs> One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first findeth his own brother Simon, and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. Let's pray again. <laughs> Heavenly Father, again, we come before you through the blood and the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, uh, we thank you for watching over us another week. We thank you, Lord, for bringing us here together this day. Lord, I thank you for those that are here, those that are listening. <clears throat> Lord, right now, we just want to confess, Lord, we need thee. Lord, we need thee every hour. Lord, we need you right now, even though we might be sitting in the house of God or listening in on the house of God. <clears throat> Lord, we're dependent upon you. For without you, as you said yourself, we can do nothing. So, Lord, I pray that you'd help each one, dear Lord. You know the need. Lord, if there's a need of salvation, God, bring great Holy Ghost conviction upon that heart. Convict that heart. Pierce that heart. Open that heart. That even today they'd realize who Jesus is and put their trust in His shed blood and His death, burial, and resurrection. Lord, I pray you'd help those that are traveling. Lord, we think of Sister Judy and Priscilla, Lord, Sister Myers, Lord, she's there with loved ones and trying to be a witness to her brother. Lord, please touch his heart, prepare his heart, dear Lord, that we'd get a good report when she comes back. Lord, again, the many sick among us. Lord, we think of Sister Muxlow, Lord, and others that have been mentioned with sickness. Lord, please touch them. Lord, we thank you. We praise you for the good report uh, that Sister uh, Karen uh, was able to give and just continue to touch that family, give uh, guidance there. And Lord, you know uh, financial needs, decisions that need to be made, what's going on in homes. Uh, dear God, please help us, dear Lord, uh, to keep our eyes on you and trust you to work in every area. And dear God, we pray. Now again, help us through thy word that you'd get the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So uh, we're going to get down there about Andrew, but uh, of course we, you got to mention verse 29 again, which says, The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Notice it doesn't say the sins of the world. 
It says the sin of the world. Because we commit sins, what? Because of sin. Sin is the problem. See, Christ didn't come just to forgive sins, right? The things that we commit, the things we do. He just didn't come to forgive sins, but to pull out and destroy the root cause, which is sin itself. Of course, we know Christ became sin, and then Christ bore our sin, but he also atoned for the acts of sin that we commit. So Christ died for us and what we are, sinners by nature. But sin is uh, the problem. So he came to take away and deal with sin itself. And we're so glad that he did. Notice in that statement, again, it's in verse 36. Again, he says, behold, the Lamb of God. But of course, that time he didn't say, which taketh away the sin of the world. Well, I believe the first time he focused on him, he focused on his works, right? Why he came. Hey, first thing you need to understand about Jesus is why he came. He came to deal with sin, his death. And then in the second statement, you might say he focused not on it. The first statement, he focused on his work. And the second one, he sort of focused on his walk. He says there, uh, verse 36, and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, behold, the Lamb of God. So the focus was his walk or who he is or his life. And that's how we need to come to Jesus. The first time we see him, uh, right? We need to see him based upon his work and what he came to do. Then after we get that settled, right? After we get salvation settled, then we focus on his walk and what the great example uh, he is for us as believers, right? Just go through life, amen? Beholding the Lamb of God. I'm glad, hey, I've been, I have been beholding the Lamb of God for almost uh, 36 years as I walked, and I thank God for that. <laughs> but uh, let's notice here some things about Andrew. I wanted to focus on him. Peter gets all the attention, so I want to give the, the little brother. Hey, once in a while, the little brother's got to get the attention, right? Once in a while, Seth's got to get the attention. Yeah, I see that hand. Seth raised his hand. Good job, Seth. I saw that. I saw you that hand. And in John, so beginning verse 35, it says, Again, the next day after John, of course, that's John the Baptist. Then it says, notice this, two of his disciples. So, of course, we know John has some people that followed him. And sometimes people would say to Jesus, hey, how come your disciples aren't doing like John's disciples, right? Well, here it mentions two of John's disciples. Men, of course, uh, they heard what John said about Jesus. Again, looking upon Jesus as he walked, talking about John, saith, behold, the Lamb of God. And then notice what these two disciples did. And the two disciples heard him speak. And what did they do? They followed Jesus. What a wonderful uh, thing that is. So one thing I want to say about Andrew, he was not a man follower. You say, well, he was following John, but notice this. He was not a man follower. He was a truth follower. <laughs> That's what he was. He was looking for the truth. Boy, he followed John as long as, long as and John took him as far as he could go. But when he, boy, when he found out who the truth was and somebody that could take him even farther, he followed him. So one, one thing I want to note about Andrew, as we look at his life, you see, he was not a man follower. He was a truth follower. And that is why he became a true follower. You see, uh, you know, I joke uh, in a time about, you know, being an independent Baptist, but I say uh, even more than being a Baptist, I'm a Biblicist, 
right? What means more to me than anything is what does the Word of God say? Hey, if the brethren say the same thing as the Word of God, great, man. Hey, we love you. But if the Word of God, right, I'm going to stick with it uh, above all things. Because I've seen believers so caught up on a man or some teaching that when the truth or the Lord himself was right in front of them, they stayed with the man or the false teaching. Thank God that Andrew didn't do that, right? John the Baptist, we know, is a great man. Even Jesus said, hey, uh, among uh, uh, men born among women, you're not going to find one better than John. Right. He said that even others said about man. Hey, John did no miracle. But boy, I'll tell you one thing about John. He told the truth about uh, Jesus. Amen. But when uh, John the Baptist said, hey, listen, here's somebody greater than me. Here's somebody that can help you more than me. He said, listen, hey, that's who I want to follow then. And he left John. And so, hey, thank God for the great men of God. But don't get caught up on a man. Don't just get caught up and sidetracked by some uh, little uh, teaching that sounds so interesting to you. We want to stick with the Word of God. We want to stick with the God of the Word. And so Andrew, he said, thanks, John. Appreciate your help. Appreciate you giving me this far. Amen. But I'm going to follow Jesus. And that's what it says in verse 37. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. So they're following Jesus in verse 38. Then Jesus turned and saw them and followed and said to them, What seek ye? Boy, that is the question of the day. Well, when you're witnessing, hey, listen, if somebody's serious, hey, give them as much time as you can, but find out if they're serious. Hey, what are you really looking for? That's a good question to ask when you're witnessing. Well, that's a good question to ask ourselves this day. As we're starting out this new year and we say we want to follow Jesus, what do you really want? That's what Jesus says. Say, hey, how come you're following me? What do you really want? What do you really want from me? Hey, why are you following Jesus? Do you know why you're following Jesus? Well, I'm just in church because that's what I'm supposed to do. Hey, well, I'm glad that's what you're supposed to do, but are you here with a seeking heart? Are you here with a desiring heart? Do you seek something for Jesus? Do you even know what you seek? Do you know what that, is, that you desire from God? What do you want to see him do? This year, what do you really want from God? We talk about, you know, New Year's resolution. We usually think about, you know, all these other things, right? But listen, what does somebody have? Well, hey, this is what... I really would like to see God do in my life, or this is what I really need God to help me with in my life. What seek ye? Again, this year, what do you really want from God? Or what would you really like to see God do? Is there something you want to see God do in your personal life? Is there something you want to see God do in your home? Or as a church, what are we praying for as a church? Uh, we talked about before, right, the, the year of advancement. We want people to see our profiting, right, we talked about last week. But do you really have a goal? Do you really have something uh, specific that you're desiring from God, that you're seeking from God, right? We need to be specific in our prayers. We need to be specific in our desires, for the things of God. That word seek means strive to find, to have a desire. And so uh, he asked them what they were seeking. 
And they, he's, they said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted master, where dwellest thou? And he saith unto them, Come and see. Boy, if you really want something from God, if you have a desire, you know what he's going to do? He said, well, come on then. You really want to follow me? You really want something from me? Well, hey, come on then. Let's spend some time together. Let's see. And I'll be glad to answer your questions. I'll be glad if the desires of your heart are right and good. Hey, I want to fulfill those things. If you really uh, want me to do something in your life, hey, come on. Let's get together and we'll be glad to do it. Come and see God's invitation. So, you know, listen, God, what he, first thing he did was ask a question. Hey, God has some questions for you, right? Hey, there's a lot of questions asked in the Bible. He says, hey, are you saved this morning? Or were you where you should be with me this morning? Again, what are you desiring from me this morning? God's got some questions, but here's the good thing. After he's asked those questions, maybe those heart-searching questions, maybe those soul-searching questions, here's what he does after that. He gives you an invitation. <laughs> he says, hey, well, good. I'm glad you have a serious uh, uh, desire. I'm glad you have a serious question. I'm glad you have a serious need. Well, you know what? You need to come with me and uh, let me help you with that. Notice one thing he didn't say was, come back tomorrow. <laughs> Aren't you glad? Amen. He wanted to meet their need right then. Hey, listen, uh, if you need to be saved, God is not going to say, come back tomorrow. He wants to save you right now. He wants to save you today. Second Corinthians 6, 2 says this, for he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted. In the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. So the Lord might impose some questions to you, but he's also going to give that invitation because he wants you to come to him so he can help you with those needs. He can help you with those questions. And so he said in verse 39, he said to them, come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day, for it was about the 10th hour. So we see they followed him. They saw him for who he was. They followed him. They came and they spent time with him. They abode with him that day. What a wonderful thing it must have been to spend quality time with Jesus. Let me tell you, in 2023, it's still a wonderful thing to spend quality time with Jesus. I think it's kind of interesting. It says the 10th hour, which is probably about around 4 p.m., around 4 p.m. in their time. Well, we know the day ended about 6 p.m., right? In, in, in the Jewish uh, time frame, it ended about 6 p.m. So he said, hey, we're getting close to the end of the day. Why don't you just come uh, spend the night with me? And so they ended their day and spent the evening with Jesus. Well, that's a great way to end the day. Amen. Abiding with Jesus. What a precious time they must have had. I want to make this note. It says the 10th hour. Now, you may not remember the hour Christ gave you an invitation. You accepted it, but John thought it was worth noting. <laughs> hey, so if you can remember the hour, what a wonderful thing that is. And of course, John's considered the unnamed disciple here because, you know, as you read through his gospel, he doesn't like to mention uh, his name. But then we find out something about these two disciples. And it says right here in verse 40. This is where we're introduced to Andrew. <laughs> One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. And so here we are introduced uh, to him. And it says this in uh, verse uh, uh, 41. He first findeth his own brother Simon and saith, and then we have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. 
And so he found his brother after he'd spent the, the time with Jesus. He went out. He realized who Jesus really was. No doubt he probably believed on Jesus. And then he went out and he found his brother. Notice the statement. We have found the Messiah. What a wonderful thing it is to be able to tell others. Hey, listen, I want you to know I have found the one who so long my soul has craved. Amen. That's who I found on May 19, 1987. Amen. I found the one that for 22 years my soul had craved. And I was so glad. Amen. That at, from that point on, I was able to tell people, hey, listen, I got some good news. I found him. Amen. I found the Lord Jesus Christ. I found the one that helped me and I found the one that could help you. And that's exactly what uh, he did with his brother. And it says there in verse 42, what did he do? He found him. He said, listen, we found the one we've been looking for and he brought him to Jesus. You know, it's a wonderful thing to bring anyone to Jesus, anyone to Jesus, but how much more, amen, is it special when it's a loved one, when it's a loved one? Let me ask you this. Do you have a precious memory of leading a loved one to Jesus? If you've, raised, if you've led one of your loved ones, whether it was a child, amen, whether it was a sibling or somebody else, if you've led one of your relatives to the Lord, let me see your hand. Boy, amen. So many people have a precious story of I've witnessed to every one of my siblings and some of them I have led to the Lord. I'm still praying for my uh, older brother, uh, Jerry, and I'm sure you're still praying for that loved one. But a wonderful thing it is to find the Lord Jesus Christ and then to bring somebody to Jesus. Boy, that should, that should be our goal from the moment we get saved. Listen, our desire should be to bring people to Jesus like Andrew. Once you've found Jesus, once you understand who he really is, once you spend time abiding with him, listen, how can you not have a sincere desire uh, to bring people to uh, the Lord Jesus Christ? I mean, it's wrong not to. Whenever I think about that, I think about uh, the, those lepers in 2 Kings 7, 9. Remember uh, uh, when the, the, the army had fled and the lepers said, well, we're just going to go down there where the Syrians are, right? I mean, all they can do is kill us and we're probably going to die anyways. And then they went down there and they found all that spoil. And remember, this is what they said when they were down there. Then they said one to another, we do not well. What a statement. We do not well. This day is a day of good tidings and we hold our peace. If we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now, therefore, come that we may go and tell the king's household. Now here they're talking about material things. They're talking about material treasure. How much more when we know who Jesus Christ is, how much more when we know the truth of the word of God, can we say this one to another? Can we say this to one another's brothers and sisters? Listen, if we have found the Messiah, if we have found the one that can save our soul and meet the needs of our life, if we truly, truly believe that Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God and the only hope of the world, and there is not a great desire in our heart to bring others to the Lord Jesus Christ, we do not well. We do not well if we really believe this book, if we really believe that Jesus is the only hope, if we really believe that we have the truth, the only truth there is, 
And Jesus is the only way, the only truth in the life. And there's not a yearning, burning in our desire to bring others to him. We do not well this day if we hold our peace. Think about that. If your desire to bring someone to Jesus has lessened or it's grown cold, well, a good thing to do would be go back to where Jesus dwells and abide with him for the night or sometime till your heart is freshly stirred. You see, they, they're no doubt as they spoke with Jesus, like those on the road to Emmaus, what happened? When, when they spoke with Jesus, says, was not our heart warmed? That's what happens when you spend time with Jesus. And so we see an example. Andrew, right? He wasn't a man follower. He was a truth follower. That's why he became a Jesus follower. And as soon as he uh, spent that time with Jesus and believed on who Jesus really was, his first instinct was to get somebody else to the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why when Jesus was looking for disciples, we see in Luke 6, verses 12 through 14, it says this, continue talking about Andrew. And it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray, talking about Jesus, and continued all night to prayer in God. And when it was day, he called unto him his disciples. And of them he chose 12, whom also he named apostles. Simon, who's also named Peter, right? First one mentioned is Peter himself but the second one, and Andrew, his brother. You see, we often think about Peter. We often think about Paul. But Jesus said, hey, I'm putting a team together. I'm beginning my public ministry, and I'm putting a team together. And Andrew is the type of person I want on my team to help start my church and help begin evangelizing, amen, with my message. He wanted somebody like Andrew Somebody, amen, who had a desire to follow him. Somebody who had a desire for the truth. Somebody had a desire who, who had to bring others to him. And he said, Andrew's the kind of person I want on the team. Hey, listen, when Jesus is putting the group together, I want to make sure that I'm the type of person that he wants on the team because I have a desire for souls. I have a desire to know the truth and I have a desire to walk with him. That is what we want him to see in our life. Let's notice some other interesting things about uh, Andrew. You see, our, if we look at this theme, right, use me in 23. Well, I don't know what uh, we could go back and uh, what year uh, this, this was, right? Well, this, is, this was Andrew's model. Lord, use me, use me. Turn over to John chapter 6, and we see uh, John being used again. I'm sorry, Andrew being used again. John 6, verses 8 through 10. <laughs> says this, and one of his disciples, look, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. Manny, why does he have to keep, why you got, you know, hey, Lord, I mean, you know, just a quick question. Why you always got to bring my brother up in this? Huh? Why you always got to bring him up? Uh, I don't think he was jealous of his brother. And one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, say to them, there is a lad here which have five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? And of course, we know that he, he fed the 5,000 plus. So here, you know, in the other places, this is the only place Andrew's mentioned. In the other places, it just mentions the lad or it mentions the disciples. But here's where it mentions Andrew. So here we see that Andrew is one that pointed out the lad with the bread and fishes from which the 5,000 plus were fed. And so what do you see about Andrew? Andrew was a believer who made things happen. He was a go-getter for Jesus. I like to use this term, a dot connector. 
He was someone that was a dock connector for the Lord. But when I think of that term, I use a lot, dock connector. Pastor Cole, Pastor Cole is a dock connector, man. He's always, he's always helping somebody. He's always connecting somebody, amen, to, to, to help them in some way. Almost every time I talk to him, ever since I've known Pastor Cole, he was helping somebody. He was, con, he was connecting somebody with some way to help them along the way in their life. Boy, a believer, hey, we need to be soul winners, but there's a lot of ways we can be used of the Lord to help people along the way. Listen, these people just needed to be fed, right? Hey, just listen, whether it's giving your lunch or somebody else's lunch in this case, amen, <laughs> or amen. Hey, he didn't take the kid's lunch, right? right? He didn't take his candy. He didn't take his lunch, right? He got him to share his lunch. The Lord multiplied it, right? A lot of times Amy makes lunches and then she goes out and sends the people. Hey, listen, be a dot connector for the Lord. Andrew made things happen. And that's how we want to be for the Lord. Lord, I want to uh, use me to make things happen and to help people along the way. Reminds me of my first interpreter I had in Bulgaria, Mitko. This kid was 19, right? And he had a heavy accent, you know. Hey, brother Jeff, you know, he's, he's, about, this, he's about this tall. I mean, that guy was amazing. I would barely get something out of my mouth, and he'd be like, <laughs> I'm like, uh, Mitko, where'd you go? Oh, we already have a place to hold the meeting. I'm like, that's just how he was, man. This guy just made things happen. You know what? Uh, uh, what's well, been 30-something years since I, I met Midgo, and you know what? Today, right, I, I trained him. Uh, uh, well, of course, he would travel with me, and then we'd sit across uh, uh, my dinner table, and I would teach him the Bible. And you know what? 30-something years later, you know what Midgo's doing? He's still being a doc connector. He's a pastor in Bulgaria. He's still being used of the Lord. Why? Because when he, when he, when he, as a young man, he got saved as a, as a, as a young man, Right, he had a desire for the Lord. I mean, uh, he would be at my apartment. I'd be busy doing something. I look over, and there'd be Mitko uh, reading his Bible, reading his Bible, and doing something for somebody. And so that's how we want to be. Be a dot connector. You may not be the one who is out front or known, right? Like Peter, but even behind the scenes, like Andrew. Be a dot connector for Jesus, making a difference in people's lives. You know, logistics, I'd say, is an important part uh, of the ministry, but making a difference in people's lives. The greatest thing in the world is to impact another life for the cause of Christ. Hey, listen, on this day, he was the one working in the kitchen. So I just want you to know, ladies, where's Zach? Tell Zach, amen. Zach works in the kitchen. He, he's important. Zach, you're important, amen. You work in the kitchen. He's Andrew, right? Are important. Another place we see God using Andrew. In John chapter 12, verses 20 through 22, it says this. And there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. The same came therefore to Philip, which was of Bethesda of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. Now, we put that a lot on the pulpit. Sir, we would see Jesus. Verse 22, Philip cometh, and where'd he go? And telleth who? Andrew. And telleth Andrew. And again, Andrew and Philip tell Jesus. So did you catch that? Some people came to Philip. Philip needed some guidance. He said, man, where's Andrew? Philip came to Andrew. He knew Andrew can make it happen. So let me ask you this question. Are you someone that other believers seek out when a connection needs to be made or they need help with something? 
Man, who, who, who can I call? Man, I have a prayer request to be shared. Man, who can I call? Hey, listen, it's natural to, to, to call the pastor and share that with him. But hey, if you couldn't get a hold of him or someone else, hey, when you say that, just think of this, who, who comes to your mind right now? Uh, in the church or, or what believer comes to your mind when you have maybe a prayer request or when maybe you need uh, some encouragement? Are you, do you come to somebody's not mind when somebody needs that prayer, when somebody needs some encouragement, when, uh, when, when it needs to be given, when somebody needs some guidance in life? Are you the believer they think of when they're like, man, I, I need some direction. I just need somebody I can talk this over with. Or are you somebody... You want to be that type of person that people think about. You want to have that type of uh, connection to be a, 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 a blessing with people, right? Like I say to people, never call and say, sorry to bother you. <laughs> we, listen, I say that, hey, as a pastor, I never want anybody to call me and say, sorry to bother you. But not just, but I don't say that as a pastor. I say that as a believer. Listen, 90-some percent of what I do has nothing to do with uh, being, being a pastor, the only thing I, I normally do because I'm the pastor is I just got to get here a little bit earlier, turn on the lights and turn on the heat. I do that, because, but everything else is pretty much uh, just because I'm a believer, right? I want to hear prayer requests. I want to encourage people. I want to be a part of people's lives. That has to do with just being a believer. That's the way we all should be towards one another, encouraging one another along, knowing that, hey, when somebody is not sure, what, 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 what do I do with these people? Oh, hey, I know who I can get a hold of. I can get a hold of Andrew. Here, what to do. And notice, hey, I need assistance. Where's Andrew? Hey, I need my garage fixed. Where's Ari, right? Where's, uh, where's Brother Mark? Where's Brother Vernon? Where's Sister Judy? Whoever. People should come to our minds. This is the way it ought to be. And notice, who had come up to him? It was Gentiles. The Jews had no dealings with the Gentiles. But you know what? As a matter of fact, remember when Peter got rebuked for going to the Gentiles, right? Acts uh, 10 and 11. But you know what? Andrew was not a respecter of persons. He was willing to help anybody get to the Lord. He was willing to help anybody along the way, which is the way that we're supposed to be as believers. He was glad to connect anyone to Jesus, whether it was for salvation, whether it was for guidance, whether it was for uh, uh, being fed spiritually or being fed physically, whatever he could do, amen, to connect somebody in Jesus or help somebody in Jesus' name, he said, listen, Lord, listen, use me, whether it's in 23 or any other year. And then finally, we'll finish up in Acts chapter 1, right? After Jesus ascended, it says this, Then returned they into Jerusalem from the mount called Olive, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey, Acts 1.12. And when they were come in, they went into an upper room, where abode Peter and James and John and Andrew, there he is, and Philip, and Thomas, and Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon Salothes, and Judas, the brother of James. And then we know the women were up there too. But there's Andrew's name again, right? So there he still is, right? He started at the very beginning when Jesus starts his public ministry. Who were the first two people to show up? Andrew and John, the first two to show up. And then after he's completed his uh, 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 public ministry on earth and he ascends, and now God's getting ready to start the next phase of the church. Who's still there? Andrew. Faithful Andrew. Dependable Andrew. Listen, he's going to be at church. He's going to be at prayer meeting. He's going to be a part of everything going on for the Lord. Boy, if no, I know if nobody else is going to be there, 
Andrew's going to be there. That's the type of believer we want to be. Though Andrew's brother took the lead, Andrew, even though you see Peter's mentioned almost every time you see Andrew, but I think, I think we could say this with assurance. Though Andrew's brother Peter took the lead, Andrew did not live under Peter's shadow. He was a strong believer in his own right. And here's the thing. Hey, listen, you don't have to live under anybody's shadow. The only shadow you need to live under as a believer is the shadow of the cross of Calvary. Amen. Just live under that shadow and stay close to the cross and be used mightily of the Lord. I thought that was interesting. Andrew, anybody know what Andrew's name means? I mean, John, you look, that's a nice name, something of God and all those things. His name means this. I think it's a, a, a good example. His name means manliness. Now, boy, you almost can't say that in public today, can you? Manliness, right? Being a real man. Andrew was a real man. I think that's a good name for him when you study his life. Because Andrew was a great example of Christian manliness. You want to you wanna be a, a real man? We think that's being tough, being macho. No, usually people like that are insecure. Actually, people like that are probably weak. A real man is a man like Andrew. Hey, Gentile showed up. Oh, hey, let's see what we can do to get him to Jesus. Hey, we got a bunch of, we got a big crowd out here, man. If we don't get them fed, they're going to go crazy. Well, hey, let's, uh, we, we can handle that. Hey, we found the Messiah. Oh, man, where's my loved ones? I want to get them to Jesus. See, Andrew was a great example of Christian manliness because a real Christian a strong believer will be a strong man or a strong lady in the right way. Not having to be out front, not out trying to prove something, but out trying to do something for the Lord, for somebody else in the name of Jesus. So he, Jesus said to them, come and see. And boy, that is our desire. If people would just come, they would see. Amen. If people would just come, they would see. You see, it really wasn't about seeing where he dwelt, but seeing him for who he truly is. And we need to think about that. When we invite people to church, hey, come and see. Hey, this Sunday, come and see. Hey, this Wednesday, come and see. When we invite people to church, when we say to them, come and see, it's not really about them being with us in a church service but about them hopefully realizing and seeing who Jesus really is. That's our desire. So we may not all become an Apostle Peter, right? Not everybody uh, can be out front, but we can all sure be an Andrew, amen? Bringing people to Jesus, helping somebody get a need met in their life, amen? Answering somebody's uh, question with Jesus. We can all be an Andrew. Again, bringing people to Jesus, bringing them to salvation, bringing them to help provide a need, bringing them to get guidance, just being faithful to serve the Lord and build the church. And so when we think of the thought, use me in 23, right here's a good example. Somebody that didn't have to be out front, even though his brother was out front, he didn't uh, uh, worry about being under the shadow of his brother. He just wanted to live under the shadow of the cross and do what he could, amen, behind the scenes to be a dot connector and helping people along the way to get to the Lord Jesus Christ and be blessed by the Lord Jesus Christ and be faithful. Let's pray.